ask most people what Bitcoin is, they might say it's a fad or a scam or just some kind of digital currency. But in reality, Bitcoin is so much more than just money. It's really one of the fundamental driving forces of the future of technology. Hi, and welcome back to What Kind of Internet Do You Want? I'm Amy James, and today we're talking about Bitcoin, from its obscure and esoteric beginnings to its now near ubiquitous mainstream presence, and from lows of pretty much, well, nothing in value to highs of nearly $70,000, Bitcoin is far and away the most widely known cryptocurrency. But beyond the hype, the story of Bitcoin and what it offers to the future of the internet is truly fascinating. So today we're diving into the five basic things you need to know about Bitcoin, what it is, where it came from, how it works, how to obtain and store it, and why it has value. But before we do, please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel, and let's get into it. So first, what is Bitcoin and where did it come from? If you saw our previous video on blockchain technology, then you know that the basic concept of blockchain has been around since the early 90s, but it wasn't until October of 2008 that a mysterious figure known as Satoshi Nakamoto published a white paper called Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And if you haven't seen that video yet, we'll link it here for you and put it in the description below if you wanna check it out. The Bitcoin network officially launched on January 3rd, 2009, less than three months later. Embedded in the first ever Bitcoin block was a headline from the UK newspaper, The Times, from that date. It read, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. It was interpreted as both a timestamp of the launch, as well as a derisive comment on the instability of the fractional reserve banking system. So although there had been previous attempts to create cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin was the first to have the right combination of technologies to go mainstream. Unlike fiat currency, Bitcoin has no central issuing authority. Instead, it relies on a community of users to verify transactions. Its value comes from some unique built-in features, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's talk about point number two, how Bitcoin works. Bitcoin works by combining public key cryptography, proof of work, and blockchain technology. And we've made videos that get into the details of each of these technologies that we'll also link and put in the description below. But the quick version is that combining these technologies means that the sender, receiver, and Bitcoin amount can be verified, kind of like how a bank verifies the signature on a check is valid and that the sender's account has enough to cover the transaction. But instead of relying on a central authority like a bank, Bitcoin transactions are verified by a large network of users with specialized hardware called miners. The entire network distributed all across the globe verifies the latest Bitcoin transactions and checks that there have been no changes to previously mined blocks. The miners are incentivized to do this work because of the block reward. While all of the miners on the network verify all of the transactions, only one miner per block wins the privilege of creating the next block in the blockchain. And that miner 
gets a reward of Bitcoin. This reward amount is predetermined, but how hard or easy it is to win the reward gets adjusted based on how many miners are working at any given time. And this assures that a new block is mined about every 10 minutes so that a stable supply of Bitcoin is produced, even as more people, companies, even countries get into or exit the mining network. Okay, so point number three, how do you get Bitcoin? There are three basic ways to obtain it. You can buy it on an exchange, you can accept it as a method of payment from friends or in your online store, or you can become a miner. If you're new to crypto, the easiest way to get Bitcoin is probably to buy it on an exchange. There are many large and reputable exchanges at this point where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies such as Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, Bitfinex, and Crypto.com. You just open an account, transfer in dollars or another accepted fiat currency, and then trade your fiat currency for Bitcoin at the market rate. The second way you can get Bitcoin is to receive it from others through your online store, for example. Many existing e-commerce platforms and online payment processors offer integration with the large crypto exchanges. You can also set it up so that buyers or friends can transfer directly into your Bitcoin wallet using your Bitcoin address. And finally, you could mine Bitcoin yourself. Anyone can become a miner by buying mining hardware and configuring it to send Bitcoin to your wallet and hashing away. But mining isn't a casual endeavor at this point, and it probably isn't the best path for those that are new to Bitcoin to obtain it because mining has become a big business with an entire industry behind it. However you choose to get involved, be sure to be aware of your local laws, as well as the transaction fees and security assurances of the method that you choose. Okay, point number four is probably the topic that causes the most debate. Once you have Bitcoin, how do you store it? There are two basic ways that you can store it, each with pros and cons. You can keep it online in a hot wallet, or you can keep it offline in a cold wallet. The difference between them is who holds your private keys and how they are accessed. In the case of hot wallets, like those from Coinbase or Edge, your keys are stored online by a third party and you use login credentials to access your wallet, really similar to online banking. It's a convenient way of accessing your Bitcoin, but that convenience comes with a trade-off. Since your keys are being stored on someone else's servers, there's the potential that a hacker could break into your account, which would leave you with little recourse. Also, an important distinction with hot wallets is the difference between custodial and non-custodial. Some hot wallets like Edge store your private keys online for you, but they are stored in an encrypted form that only you can decode. This is known as a non-custodial wallet. Its advantage is that nobody can spend your Bitcoin without your explicit involvement. Even if a hacker were to access your encrypted keys, well, they wouldn't be able to access your Bitcoin. Whereas with custodial wallets like Coinbase, the platform is responsible for looking after your funds and your keys, which some see as a higher risk of a data breach or theft. 
The other option are cold wallets, which enable you to keep your private keys completely offline and stored in an offline password manager or a purpose-built key storage device like a Trezor or Ledger. You can even print your keys on a piece of paper or etch them into a piece of steel and store them in your home safe. Because your keys are never stored online, it's impossible for your Bitcoin to be stolen by hackers. The downside to this method, however, is that if you lose the storage device or criminals break into your safe, there's no third party to help you recover your wallet. How you store your Bitcoin comes down to your personal preferences between the trade-offs of convenience and security. Do your own research to figure out the method that will work best for you. And if you do keep it online, a strong password is always a good idea. And finally, point number five, how is Bitcoin's value determined? Fiat currencies and government bonds are backed by governments with federal mints and armies. Stocks are backed by corporate assets, profits, and brands. And commodities are backed by their own utility and the laws of supply and demand. So what backs Bitcoin? Is it really just magic internet money with no tangible value? I mean, you can't put it in your pocket like a $100 bill. You can't melt it down into jewelry. And everyone knows Bitcoin's market value has undergone some wild fluctuations, often for no immediately apparent reason. The price of Bitcoin peaked in 2021 at its latest all-time high of over $69,000 per Bitcoin. And at the time of this video, it currently trades right around $20,000 each. But despite its seemingly chaotic price action, Bitcoin was still the best performing asset in nine out of the past 11 years with an annualized return of 230 percent. For context, that is many orders of magnitude over the second best. So holding any amount of Bitcoin for at least four years has always been profitable because the newly created supply is increasing at a slower pace than the demand for it grows. But more importantly, Bitcoin was designed with a few key characteristics, which many economists and crypto enthusiasts believe make it the most stable and reliable form of money ever produced. There's a strong argument that the Bitcoin supply is more stable than fiat currency because a new Bitcoin block is released every 10 minutes. So there's a predictable supply of Bitcoin on the market. Compare that to fiat currency. Just look at the Venezuelan Bolivar. Due to government mismanagement, it's literally not worth the paper it's printed on. Bitcoins are also divisible down to eight digits, which means that you can buy and trade as little as a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Unlike stocks, whose single share price can become too expensive for an average person to buy them, Bitcoin's divisibility means that new buyers can always get into the market by buying a small fraction of a Bitcoin. It also means that tiny transactions can be made using Bitcoin, like selling cloud processing services by the millisecond. Also, Bitcoin has a hard cap, a stark contrast to inflationary fiat currencies. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever exist based on the current issuance rate 
all Bitcoin will be mined and in circulation by the year 2140. After that, only the Bitcoins that already exist will be available for use. And that creates scarcity, which just like gold, diamonds, and oil tends to preserve and increase the value of an asset over time. Finally, and perhaps most importantly of all, Bitcoin provides internet native value transfer. From the very beginning of the internet, the early pioneers building it knew that to support global peer-to-peer -peer interactions and to ward off spam and DDoS attacks, there needed to be some kind of internet native digital currency that could be used to facilitate micropayments for digital products and services. But until the arrival of Bitcoin, there was no such currency. In its absence, the de facto business model has been surveillance capitalism, ads, data mining, spying on users, and that model has so many problems that it's starting to show serious signs of collapse. As the next generation of the web is built, where creators and consumers, rather than huge technology companies, directly exchange products and services, Bitcoin will provide a reliable, trustworthy, and transparent form of value transfer. All of these unique features of Bitcoin go a long way to future-proof its value and make it essential to Web3. If you ask most people what Bitcoin is, they might say it's a fad or a scam or just some kind of digital currency. But in reality, Bitcoin is so much more than just money. It's really one of the fundamental driving forces of the future of technology. And that's it for today. If this video was helpful, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel and share it on social media. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time.